Hey there, and welcome to the Two Mom Life Podcast, a show for moms like us balancing it all and ready to live an inspired and full life. I'm your host, Jody Freed, mom of four, Jewish community professional, and mother's empowerment coach. Motherhood is a journey, and on this podcast, inspired by Jewish thought, you will learn from other moms, receive practical advice, and loads of inspiration. Motherhood is messy and certainly not perfect. Here is to mom life, to finding your way, to finding perfect moments. Here is to you. Hey everyone, and welcome to this next episode of the Two Mom Life podcast. Today, we are really lucky to have Hannah Mason here with us. She is a vitality coach and has impacted so, so many people's lives for the better. In today's conversation, Hannah and I talk about how to de-stress as a mom. I'm sure if you're anything like me that you have experienced times in your life where the stress kind of overwhelms you and takes over and it, it's sometimes hard to move through and and it's hard to to point yourself in the right direction and figure out how to get out of the state that you're feeling. And Hannah gives some thought on like really key easy, simple tips on how we can move through the stress and get ourselves to the other side and just learn how we can learn to read our body. So without any further ado, I'm going to air this interview that Hannah and I did just a few few short weeks ago. Hannah is also opening up her, her next program. So please, if you are interested in learning more about Hannah, let me know. Um, get in touch with me on social media or email jody at loveadventuremom.com and let me know and I can get the two of you in touch because she is a powerhouse. She has a huge impact on a lot of people. And if you think that she could make a difference for you, you might want to get in on her next program, um, which is launching in just a few weeks. So without any further ado, here you go. Hi, everybody, and welcome into the Empowered Jewish Mom Movement. Thank you so much for joining me and little Ahuva today. Um, we are Hannah Mason, who I'm really, really thrilled is here with us. If you are joining live or watching the replay, feel free to just give a little hi. Let us know what's resonating with you. Um, and of course, if you have any questions along the way. So before we delve in, Khan, I'm going to turn it over to you. Can you just introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are and what you do? It's my pleasure. So I'm Khan Mason. I live in Jerusalem, Israel, and I'm a vitality coach, which means I really help people experience just so much more energy and vibrance and joy and calm and peace in their lives. One of the ways that I do that is by helping people get rid of all of the mental clutter that's blocking them from just experiencing the natural peace that's always waiting for them inside. That's something that I thought would be really sweet to share with moms, especially now when there's just like a lot of chaos and kids around. Yeah, there's so much to keep track of these days. And 
I know from personal experience, I love that you use the term mental clutter. So something that I often talk about, I work um, with an, a lot of moms and helping them bring like travel and adventure back into their lives. It's something, these hobbies that so many of us give up. You know, in, in doing that work, something that I find stops so many people from taking the next step is the mental clutter. It's like all of the, well, should I do this or should I do that? you know, versus like making a decision and, and sticking to it. And sometimes I find that that alone, making a decision in some way just helps us clear so much mental clutter because we don't have to have all this back and forth. So I'm curious, can you tell us more about what you mean? What do you mean by mental clutter? And then lead us on a journey. You know, how can we, how can we feel more like free and de-stress? So so I think the easiest way for us to understand when there's mental clutter is when we experience stress in our bodies. I don't remember when it was, but at a certain point, I put two things together. And one is that the, that the subconscious communicates through sensation. The subconscious doesn't communicate with us through like sentences, Okay. right? You'll say like, oh, that doesn't sit right with me or that doesn't feel so good, or, oh, that experience kind of made me nauseous, or you could see somebody recoiling, you know, you could offer somebody, you know, like liver pate, and you'll see their face go like that. And right away, it's like the body has a whole way of communicating. And for many of us, we've conditioned ourselves to not listen in here. We look outside of ourselves for cues. And so being able to just like check in with the body, and if the body's in a state of closure, and that could mean, you know, your heart rate goes up, your breathing's shallow, there's negative emotions going on, your muscles are tight, maybe your posture sinks, any of those things, mm. that's a sense of closure. And when your body's in a sense of closure, it's because it's in a stress state. When your body's open, you're calm, you're in the present moment, life flows, things feel easy. And what's really cool is that lie detector tests are actually testing for this sense of closure. Wow. What they're testing is stress. And so our bodies are very easily telling us this is false and this is true. When I feel stress, I'm believing something that's not true. And when I feel calm and open, I'm believing something that's true. This is a yes for me. And it's really that simple. So I actually had a client who um, I spoke with earlier today and was saying how he just he didn't know what to do. He didn't know if he should be in yeshiva or not be in yeshiva. And you could almost hear in the way that he was asking it, it was like he was waiting for someone else. He was yet again waiting for another external cue to tell him what to do because he doesn't know how to listen to himself. And so I asked him, I said, close your eyes, put your hand on your chest and just breathe. Mm. Breathe into that space right under your hand. And, and you can try it right now too, Jody. Just breathe uh. into the space under your hand. This happens to be one of our core centers where the nervous system is really strong. And you'll notice that every human being on the planet, when they say I am, they put their hand right here. Just like the seed of your vitality, which sounds like heebie-jeebie language, but there's a lot of nerve endings right here. It's a really simple thing, right? So just breathe into that spot under your palm. And it's a really easy technique to recenter yourself. You can do it anywhere. You could do it in the bathroom. You could do it when you wake up in the morning. You could do it even if your kids are around. You just put your hand here and you just breathe into that space under your palm. And one of the things that I tell people they can do 
is imagine that all of their scattered energy that's in the past and the future and over here and over there and thinking about what they're making for dinner, imagine it all collecting under your hand again, like birds collecting around a tree at sunset. And you just keep doing that. You just keep breathing into that spot and come back to center. And from that place, so then, so then I said to this guy, okay, now you're at center. And he's like, yeah. I said, so I want you to believe the statement for a minute, just try it on for size, that you should go to yeshiva. And then try on for size, you shouldn't go to yeshiva. Mm -hmm. And with the second statement, he's like, oh, wow, it's like my chest just opens up. Mm. It suddenly expands like he can breathe again. And yeah. I said, well, there you go. You yeah. shouldn't go to yeshiva. Not because I'm telling you what to do. I don't like it's not my business to, to sort of tell him how to live his life. But for him to just check in with his body and he's like, okay, well, what do I do now? I said, just do that all day long. And he's like, really? I said, yeah. And it's, he's like, no, but that's too easy. Like, is there, are there some methodology I should learn? I was like, no, your body's talking to you all day. The question is, are you listening? And moms can just do that all the time. They've got all of these shoulds in their heads and well, okay. So listen to each should and, and run it and run it against this. Yeah, and I've done some of this work in the past. And at first, it's kind of like, how how can this be? Because it does sometimes seem too simple. But like, tell us how to explain again, like, if you're if you're open, how does that feel? And if you're closed, you know, you mentioned kind of like the tightened chest, shrugged shoulders, you know, crouched over, but like, it, it can take a little bit of getting used to like learning your body and learning when to trust that your body is open and when to trust that it is closed, you know? So can you ask yourself the same question multiple times, a few different days and like see how that feels and how do you really get in touch with what your body is feeling and telling you? So everybody has kind of like, it's almost like a fingerprint, you know, all of our fingerprints mostly look the same but each person's is unique in their own flavor. So I would say the same thing is true about closure and openness. For, mm. for some people, openness, you know, for this guy, it's like his chest expands. For other people, there's just like an ease in their body. There's a calm and a relaxation. Everybody has like a slightly different feel, but mm. it mostly looks about the same. And so we could test that out. Like think of a thought that doesn't feel too, I don't know, um, uncomfortable for you to share in front of a million people here on Facebook. Let me think. Okay, I got it. Okay, so can you share with us what it is? Sure, should I write a book? Okay, so I'm just gonna switch it from being a question to being a statement because it makes this process a little bit easier, okay? So we're gonna engage in a process uh, of inquiry and I'm gonna use the simplest tools for inquiry that make it easy for people to learn here in a short amount of time. And that's Byron Katie's tool called The Work, okay. right? So we're gonna go with, I should write a book. Okay. And I'm just going to ask you the first question in her process, which is, is it true? You should write a book. Should I put my hand on my heart? Or you no, just answer the question. Yes or no. Boom. Yeah. Whatever comes. Yes. Can you absolutely know that it's true that you should write a book? Yes. And how do you react when you believe that thought? How do I react to myself? Um, I'm, overthinking. <laughs> I'm overthinking that question. I, I'm like excited and nervous at the same time. Okay. And what happens in your body when you believe that you should write a book? Um, my feet are like firmly on the ground mm -hmm. and 
and I like the answer came to me really quickly like it was very um instinctive and I feel I don't know I feel like confident like open I don't know um ah so then maybe it's true right okay great so I want you to tell me of a time that you felt stressed out <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's think um, I felt stressed out when I wanted my kids to eat breakfast and they went and they spilled the whole tray of all, one of them spilled the entire tray of cereal all over the floor onto the carpet and we were on a time crunch and that was stressful. Okay, so I'm just going to take a guess as to what you were believing that was causing you stress. Okay. But usually what I recommend to people is to ask themselves the question, right? It's like, what are you feeling? And what are you believing in that moment that's making you feel that way? And in this situation, it's kind of easy to guess they shouldn't have spilled the cereal or they shouldn't have poured the cereal. Mm -hmm. Is that a good well, guess? Um, no, so they actually hadn't poured the cereal. I had poured it and it was on a, I had put it on a tray and it was kind of like this self-defeating moment because the tray was overhanging the table. <laughs> so they came by and were trying to grab something and knocked it all over. Okay, so it shouldn't have spilled? It shouldn't have spilled. I should have made sure it was on the table, that the tray was like fully on the table. Um, so what, what is more meaningful for you? It shouldn't have spilled? Or you shouldn't have put it down the way you did? I shouldn't have put it down the way I did. Okay, so I'm gonna simplify that sentence to you shouldn't have done that. And you know what that means in this case, yeah? Okay, Sure. so I want you to close your eyes and put yourself in that situation. You shouldn't have done that, is it true? Quick, yes or no? No. And how do you react when you believe that you shouldn't have done that? Like, <laughs> I just laugh at myself. <laughs> And how do you feel in your body when you're believing that you shouldn't have done that? Hmm. So I'm noticing I am slouched right now. Um, my spine is bent and I'm relaxed, honestly, but I'm just like, I'm slouched over. And what happens to your heart rate when you're believing that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have done that? It's not particularly fast and it's not, I would say it's, normal okay and what happens to your muscles they tense up and your stomach my stomach's tight okay yeah. so one of the things that happens when we go into a stress response is our adrenal glands produce adrenaline and cortisol so and between the two of them they do all sorts of things one is they make our muscles tense Mm -hmm. and shoot blood out of the center and into the extremities so that we can like run from the bear, you know, if we're in danger or something like that. Yeah. Um, they also shut down our immune system mm. because a virus compared to a really dangerous bear is just not that important. Also shuts down your digestion. That's a tension you felt in your stomach. Okay. It's like your body's having all of this tension. And normally what happens to people is their breathing grows shallower and the heart rate goes up in order to be able to run from the bear uh, yet again, right? And a really interesting thing is we lose our peripheral vision and we become really myopic, hmm. which when you really want to focus on some dangerous thing in front of you from a you know, survival perspective makes sense. The problem is when we lose our peripheral vision, we like we lose the big picture from a consciousness perspective, yeah. right? 
Yeah. So one of the things we're going to do now is, and you're going to see like, or people watching can see how your stance is going to expand a bit. Okay. So watch, watch what happens. Close your eyes. Okay. And put yourself in that situation. And I want you to imagine the thought that you shouldn't have done that. I want you to watch it walk out the door. Okay. Really? And I don't know, get itself in the car and drive to the supermarket and buy itself like the entire ice cream aisle. <laughs> okay. And gorge on the ice cream aisle. There's the thought with the ice cream aisle. And here you are at home without the thought that you shouldn't have done that. Mm. How are you without the thought? I'm sitting up straight. My stomach is like expanded. It's not, it's not tight. That this is so interesting, guys, because I didn't do anything except listen to this thought and imagine this thought leaving my body. And I, I feel the difference in the way that I'm like presenting and sitting right now. It's definitely my chest feels open. I don't have, you know, like earlier when I was slouched over and my spine was bent, like I could feel this crook, like in the back of my neck and um it wasn't it's not sore like it wasn't sore but it was just uncomfortable and now that's not there amazing huh yeah but now now notice something else i want you to notice what's going on in your mind without the thought you can probably tell by the tone of my voice right it's like much more upbeat and i'm just like at peace like it doesn't even matter how much mental clutter is going on in there? None. <laughs> None, right? So it's like when we talk about mental clutter, often what happens is when we have one belief that we're believing that's stressful, like notice how you were like, oh, they shouldn't have done that and they shouldn't have done that. And I was like, oh, is it them? Or you're like, no, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And, da, 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 da. and like your mind just starts, right. right? That's the mental clutter is there's all of this noise. And often when we bring ourselves back to center, like the noise just quiets, you know? So one of the ways we bring ourselves back to center is this. And the other way we bring ourselves back to center is by questioning our thinking. And often we can realize that a thought that isn't true makes us feel bad. And then when we allow it to exit, we can see, wow, I feel so much more expansive. Mm. But the question for me is particularly as a Jew who believes that God brings every single thing into my life for a purpose. So that includes thoughts. Yeah. Right. So in Hebrew, an object is a devar, but an, a thought is also a devar. Mm. So thoughts are really just high frequency versions of objects, which is why we say sof right? So first God thinks of something or we think of something and then the thing comes into creation in the physical world. Like it's just, it's yeah. just which came first. Right. So we understand objects and people and circumstances come into our lives for a reason. So that so is true with thoughts. So the question is, why has this thought to come to visit you? And the, and the answer is because it has something to teach you. And the lessons it has to teach you are embedded in the opposite of the thought. The lessons so, it has to teach you are embedded in the opposite of the thought. Okay, so expand on that quickly. So what's the opposite of you shouldn't have done that? I should have done that. <laughs> Great. And do you notice when you were believing you shouldn't have done that, you had this like all of this noise proving why you shouldn't have done it? Yeah. Almost like an attorney who was like, and this, and this, and this, and this, all these reasons, right? Okay. So now we're going to play attorney on the other side and give me at least three reasons because in order for something to stand, it needs at least three legs, except for us weird human people, right? At least three reasons why it's true 
that you should have done that. Okay, because I had something to learn from it because this live stream needed to take the direction that it did because you know people need to hear this message and I need to hear it myself. Um, but maybe there's somebody else listening in on this that you know also had a similar situation this morning. And um, a third situation, a third reason could be to help me exercise compassion and like deepen my relationship with my child who knocked that tray of cereal over. Um, give me more reasons. You got more in there. Um, let's see, more reasons why I should have done that. Um, um, to learn, to grow, to um, deepen my connection with Hashem. Let's do, like really like be in that moment, right? Okay. Why, like just to be in that moment, and watch, right? There's the tray, you put it down and your kids, yeah. you know, hit the tray and it spills over. Yeah. That exact moment, why should it have happened? If you if you could just take a guess, like yes, it should have it should have happened exactly the way that it did. The first thing that comes to mind is the cereal wouldn't have got eaten anyway. <laughs> so instead of saving it, um, you know, we needed for whatever reason, we didn't need to eat that. Um, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't know. Um, what is there something that you're that you're getting at that I'm not? So I'm not getting at anything. Um, just to just to sort of explore more. There's something about being in the like in the minutia of the moment. So I'll tell you something that comes up for me. Sure. Is that. If I expect that I am always going to get everything just right, I can imagine that for a child, it makes them a little bit more nervous to be around me. Sure. Because I'm someone who never makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. So they feel like they're not allowed to make mistakes, which is particularly difficult for a child because their lack of coordination means they're going to make way more mistakes than a typical adult will. Just sure. by nature. So it's like, oh, even mom makes mistakes sometimes. It's okay. Right. 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 And it's like an opportunity to show that like we can make mistakes together in coordination to make a big mess and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and that's part of what I was getting at with the, the piece to show compassion to my child. Cause you know, in that moment, there was another decision, which was how do I react to this? Do I <laughs> scream and yell or do I, you know, just calmly kind of make it an opportunity to clean up together and and say that mistakes happen and kind of demonstrate that that's okay. You know, and luckily I made this that second choice, but I could just as easily have seen, you know, a time when I was more high strung for whatever reason and lashed out at something so silly, you and know. And like, if the price that you had to pay for that teaching moment was some lost cereal, it sounds like a pretty cheap price to pay. Totally, totally. Which is yeah. so cool. So um, the other thing that came up for me is one of the challenges that we have with the word should as human beings is that we think it's a suggestion when, we're, when what we actually mean is the way the world is, is wrong. Mm. So you should have done it simply because you did. Like that's real Amuna. That's real faith yeah. to totally accept that everything that has happened in the past is 
in perfect coordination and God made it exactly that way, even when I can't see why it's good. Yeah. Simply because it is, it must be. Yeah. And like, I can open in the presence of that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I love that. So, okay. So just recap for us, practically, just if you could verbalize, what are, you know, the two or three practical things that moms can do to help them de-stress in the course of every day? So I got, you know, put your, your hands on your heart, breathe deeply and kind of see how that feels and what your body is telling you. So another thing is really asking the simple question, what am I believing right now that's making me feel this way, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever I feel stressed, check in. What am I believing right now that's making me feel this way? And put those thoughts in paper. Just mm -hmm. putting them on paper already creates a distance between me and my thoughts. And it yeah. allows me to observe them. And when I can observe them, then I can question them. I, yeah. can, I can ask, you know, these simple questions. Is it true? How do I react to the thought? How would I be without it? And what's the opposite of the thought? And the other thing I can do is like, really go through, um, you know, much deeper process of inquiry, which I, I go into in my book, Hold That Thought, uh, which is actually a free download. Happy to, to give everyone a link to a free download of the book. Um, and you can learn more about really simple tools. The book's like written in these like very short chapters that are mostly comprised of dialogues I have with clients. So you can see the tools in action and it's like a fun read. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So thank you so much for joining me today. This was really a great conversation. I, I love speaking with you. And I think that these, these tools um, to help us reduce that mental clutter, get in touch with our body and recognize that the way we feel in any given moment and about a decision actually really does mean something, right? And so take that to heart. But this has been this has been great. So you mentioned your um, your book, your free download. So guys, we'll post that in the comments on this live stream so that everybody can um, grab your copy. And then, is there any other? How else can people get in touch with you? So people can also reach me on my website. I you know I offer people an opportunity to check out to see if coaching with me would be an option for them through a free discovery session. You can sign up for that right on my website, hanamason.com. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I see somebody wrote this. This is amazing. Thank you. I needed to hear this. Yeah. Well, clearly my I did. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Hannah. And everybody, we will see you. Um, I'll see you soon in the group. Please comment, like, post, you know, anything that you need support with, post in the group. There's a whole, you know, group of moms here for you, um, just like me. So thank you for tuning in and thank you, Hannah, and we'll see you next time. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Two Mom Life podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please remember to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about me and my work helping moms feel filled and in balance or helping moms integrate family adventures, big and small, into mom life or to explore how we can work together, visit my website, loveadventuremom.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram at the handle loveadventuremom. Till next time, l'chaim to life.